Welcome to Politics Done Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being here. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Harris County. Good morning, United States of America. Good morning, the world. Which one did I not say? I think I said them all, but we are going to have a great program for you today. Hey, guys, let's go to the control room, to the presence of the Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Says, how are my peeps doing in the room? Well, we are upright this morning, so I guess we're going to be okay. You're Looks like the 10 okay. cans and string have held together. And uh, did you listen yesterday afternoon? Uh, you know, I couldn't. I was on an interview, but tell me about it because I want oh, to hear how we it went. Had, hey, we had a good time yesterday afternoon doing wide open spaces. Boyd Bluestein of Blue Cats Lounge came in. I think he was actually supposed to do the show. Uh-huh. But I wouldn't let you. I said, no, I'm doing this show. And we had a great time. Had a lot of call-ins from our uh, fellow programmers. Uh, Tom Tranchilla called in from Songwriter Studio. Big Kev from Roots, Roots Revolution Rock and Roll. Roots Rock and Roll and Revolution, something like that. Glenna Bell called in from Saturday morning's uh, Three Chords and the Truth. Uh, Joanna Jetton called in from uh, Bluegrass Depot. And we just had a good old time on the radio yesterday. So wait a That's minute. What did you turn to be all about? Did you turn did you turn wide open spaces into a talk show? Something that you generally don't like? You only kind of do it because <laughs> you we kind of like you? Is that it? No, man? I only gave I only gave him two minutes. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. You only gave you got two minutes to tell me what you want to say. <laughs> oh, well, hey, you, you know, know what? What's called the I mayor need to learn of, from uh, Yeah, go ahead. Wait, wait, wait. I need to learn something from you, brother. Because I'm going to have to try to do a little bit better in that domain, you know? So uh, I better go go pull those those tapes, man. Hear me, old timer. Pull those tapes. Nah, pull those podcasts. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I tell you, uh, tell you who else called? Johnny. The mayor oh my God. of politics done right. Johnny called yesterday. You, you're kidding me. No, he the, said, man, you're playing some Motown. You can't <laughs> go wrong with Motown. I said, Johnny, I know that. That's why I'm playing it. Well, you know, we're going to hear from Johnny later on. But you know what is the word of the day, Senor Van Beba? Good morning, Egberto. Buenos dias. Okay, I was thinking about war yesterday since uh, yesterday's topic was basically all about war. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> war as a means of doing business is wrong. It's resource extraction by force. Does America want to rule the world by force? Do the people want America to rule by force? We have turned national security into a reasoning to dominate the world and oppress all peoples. It's always been that way. It's just worse now. Yeah, yeah, I hear that all the time, but it doesn't make it right. <laughs> and we are, you know, why we have politics done right and why we have YTY and all these other things, we're going to change it. And especially uh, from the younger folks, including inclusive, our special guest today, 
we're going to change the world. So you know what I have? I am I'm eternally hopeful. So let me tell you guys, first of all, we're honored to have live on air and on video. Don't forget, folks, you can go to to uh, YouTube or rather to uh, politicsdoneright.tv and see the show live with my Trek shirt and Daniel Cohen on the screen. You can also go to facebook.com slash KPFT Houston and see an awoke and awoken Daniel, who I love this guy. He got up early this morning to be on the show with me, even though the crocodiles are still in his eyes. Good morning, Daniel Cohen, president of Indivisible Houston and one of the youngsters that's going to help take back this this damn country. How are you doing, Daniel? Of course, I can't hear you yet, Daniel. I know you're in mute, Daniel. <laughs> How are you doing this morning? You do it. I can hear you, my friend. Talk to me. All right. I'm bright-eyed and bushy-tailed this morning. That's that's how I feel. That's how you feel? Well, you know what? We'll take you however we can get you, brother. We'll take you however we can get you. Anyway, folks, today the title of the show is Bernie Sanders Gets AI. And, you know, I mean, I think we have to really seriously discuss AI, remove the fear that a lot of people would like you to have about AI, including... The plutocracy, the oligarchy, the wealthy folks, the people forming these AI companies actually would like the masses to be scared about AI. We'll talk a little bit about that. Houston GOP unveils mega cuts. I don't know if we're going to get to that one because, you know, this is your show. We want you to call in at 713-526-5738 to discuss whatever you want to discuss, including to bring uh, Daniel, get pick Daniel's minds as far as where the country is going. Uh, because again, he's here with us in the visible Houston. Anyway, I want to start out uh, with, um, with AI. I really do. The theory is this. AI is artificial intelligence. Uh, and people act like it just showed up this year or maybe the latter part of last year, AI didn't just show up. AI has been in existence for a very, very long time. AI, you remember when you, when your phone, a, a tape recorder that took your calls for you when you were not in your office was AI, right? Somebody else was doing some work for you. As they started to put robots in factories, that is AI. That was building things that humans used to do before. Uh, now we have a bit more interpretive AI in that it can read. Uh, it, it, you can go ahead and give AI a transcript and it can uh, go ahead and look other things up in the world and find it for you and help you do things. But, you know, it's just AI. When you use a search engine, right, that is AI. You're giving it a bit more direction. When you give it a transcript and say, please develop an essay out of this transcript, it's the same thing, just a different mechanism. And you know what? It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing because it means we as people have to work less. What would happen, however, is that the plutocracy would want you, the, the oligarchy, the people who command capital, they would want you to think, fear this guy, because they want AI to be a competitor of you. Remember, capitalism tries to, uh, they, they, the theory is that it's the efficient allocation of resources. Is that true? Hell no. It has never been true. 
But if you, if I can program your mind to believe that all things are in competition with other things, right? Suddenly, Medicare for all doesn't make any sense because we need competition in healthcare. All these things we need to compete in now, we need to have AI competing with you. And why do we need AI competing with you? Because it reduces your value, right? If, if you have to compete with yet another entity, your value is diminished. However, let's remember one important thing. AI does not occur in a vacuum. Artificial intelligence isn't no artificial intelligence. That's what we call it. Artificial intelligence is your intelligence. It's the intelligence of Daniel Cohen that's been placed over the decades that he's been posting on the Internet, that he's been talking, that he's been transcribing. AI is you. All the composite knowledge of America, all the composite knowledge of the world. It's in databases all over, but it didn't come out of air. It's you. So you don't need to compete with you. You have always done it. The taxpayers of this world that created the knowledge that the scientists, the engineers, and everybody has, you paid for it. You are the one responsible for that. So therefore, we don't fear AI. What we should do is, in, in the aggregate, make sure that our laws reflect what AI is supposed to be. But So what I want to do is say, when Bernie Sanders get it, when an 80-something-year-old gets it, all right, that's magic because it means now we have to get it. I want to play for you. Uh, what I did, what Bernie Sanders had to say, a little narrative, and then we're going to get Daniel into the conversation and hopefully you at 713-526-5738. So I'll be back in seven minutes. Remember a few days ago, I said that we should not fear AI, that AI is good for all of us and what it should mean. You know, uh, you know right now, the... Union workers are trying to fight for a four-day work week, and people are going crazy. They don't want to work a four-day work week and a 40% increase in wages. And I'm saying, what's wrong with that? I think it is perfect. I think that is perfect. And let's, let's on, first of all, let me let you listen to Bernie. Imagine Bernie, an older guy. He gets it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Why is it that all of us don't get what AI and robotics means to us? I want you to listen to Brother Sanders because what he gets is that AI is something that we all created because our tax dollars went into all the universities and researchers that produced it. The body of knowledge that it has comes from all of us because all of us have data 
on the internet that it it grabs its intellect from. That's what AI is. And as such, it's all, all of us should benefit from the efficiencies created by AI, not the corporate executives who couldn't write a basic program or a Fortran program or an assembly language program or a C, C++ program or a Python program. They would know what to do with it. Yet currently the way our system is, they are the ones who get the spoils, not the creators of AI. That must change. And you know who sees it? Brother Bernie. So let's listen to what Bernie has to say there. This push uh, from the UAW for a four-day work week, is that a negotiating tactic? Or do you see that as the future of labor in the U.S., a four-day work week? Well, I'll tell you what I think. And thanks for raising that question, Jake. We are looking at an explosion in this country of artificial intelligence and robotics. And that means that the average worker is going to be much more productive. Worker productivity is going to increase significantly. The question as a nation that we have got to ask ourselves is who is going to benefit from that increased productivity? Is all of that new income and wealth being created by worker productivity going to go to the people on top or are workers going to benefit? So right now, in my view, I happen to believe that as a nation, we should begin a serious discussion, and the UAW is doing that, about substantially lowering the work week. People in America are stressed out for a dozen different reasons. And that's one of the reasons why life expectancy in our country is actually in decline. People are overwhelmed. They got to take care of their kids. They got to worry about health care. They got to worry about housing. They're worried. It seems to me that if new technology is going to make us a more productive society, the benefits should go to the workers. And it would be an extraordinary thing to see people have more time to be able to spend uh, with their kids, with their families, to be able to do more in cultural activities, get a better education. So the idea of using, making sure that artificial intelligence, robotics benefits us all, just not the people on top, is something absolutely we need to be discussing. And that is the answer. Robotics and AI shouldn't benefit the executives at all. They don't do anything. They just move paper and they kind of make, you know, connect the dots. That's what they do. It's one of the jobs in the entire societal framework. So what we're talking about here is that for the for all of us who all of us, if you're listening to this right now, you are partially responsible for AI. You are partially responsible for robotics. So when that plant, instead of hiring 5000 people are going to hire now 1000 people and then the robots, which can work 24 seven nonstop, it doesn't need a breakfast break, a pee break or any kind of breaks like that. Great. That should mean you should be able to spend more time with your daughter, with your son, with your family. It gives you that much more time. AI does. Robotics does. Right. And if we as a society looked, looked at what we as a society created and not allow the parasites on top, I repeat, not allow the parasites on top to monopolize 
on that efficiency we all created. And that's why it's going to take laws, not capitalism. Capitalism says, I take the spoils. I am the one who has capital. I take the spoils. You are just a worker. I lay you off. And if you notice, capitalism is nothing more than antiseptic slavery, right? And if you doubt it, look at Eric and Eric's answers. Here we are. We just heard Bernie explain that if we all created an increase in productivity, we should all be able to work less and share in the spoils. To which Eric answers, more unemployment coming thanks to AI. Okay, let's step one at a time, Eric. Eric, AI belongs to all of us and it should allow us to all work, but work less. So here's a, here is your marching orders, my brothers and my sisters. You have marching orders. Your marching orders is to listen to when somebody like Eric speaks about what he thinks AI is going to do and educate them and tell them you don't have to remain enslaved mentally. You can demand that laws are passed that does not permit a capitalist system who thinks only capital matters. We ought to remember that. And that is what we are going to be pushing going forward. And that is what we're pushing going forward. Well, Senor Daniel Cohen, the floor is yours. Uh, sure. I mean, I agree with what you said, essentially. I mean, it's it's I think this is a new frontier in battles between people who are uh, looking to squeeze people for efficiency and those who are pushing for a higher quality of life. The way that that always works out is that uh, the people who are pushing for a higher quality of life have to organize and come up with specific caps and regulation. Uh, and so I think it's I'm glad that Senator Sanders is immediately calling for a national conversation around this. Uh, it has to be done through law. It has to be done through regulation. If we're going to see some of the spoils of that, that's the way it's always been. Um, the 40-hour work week that we know to be standard today came about because of uh, political agitation in Haymarket Square many, many years ago. Uh, it was not passed purely because of partisan politics. And as so many people like to tell us, uh, the mirage of, well, you know, these two parties in Washington worked together and they all shook hands and they came up with a compromise and they decided to give, you know, working people uh, a little bit of a break at the end of the week. That's not how it happened. Um, so I do think it's widespread organizing. And I do think uh, these tools, much of which have been designed specifically for what has traditionally been called white collar or office jobs, right? So these these jobs that are that already have in industries that already have um, so much of a, a a facade to begin with, right? That that there are so many activities that have been built into a day to keep somebody busy, as opposed to um, giving them an opportunity to to meaningfully contribute something uh, that has uh, you know literary or artistic or social or political value to the world. Uh, these, that's how these tools are, are largely being designed, um, by many of those that, that want them to be used, uh, just to drive more clicks for Silicon Valley companies. So regulatory answer, organizing answer is, is the correct approach. 
Uh, I also just want to mention that I think Senator Sanders gets credit just for bringing it up and starting to talk about it. Because if you look at if you have conversations with many of the electeds out there, uh, they are not always in touch enough to even realize that this is happening. They have trouble uh, like understanding what's going on on social media apps on their phones, much less understanding the tidal wave that's about to hit, you know, the, that's going to disrupt the way that work is done and for better or for worse. So lots of credit. It's him, and yeah, I think your analysis is is correct. You know, I, I, I and let me tell you one of the reasons in in carrying this subject, I love having somebody from a, a younger generation on, and not only that, in in your case, somebody that goes out there and activates people, is that I think, and uh, now that the media has grabbed on to AI, and and they are trying to define define it, and and, and notice it always turns out. That the plutocracy, the corporatocracy, the oligarchy, it uses the media as its tool. And if it goes ahead and puts in the frame of people's minds that this is yet their new competitor, that is how we will be. We will learn to see it. We will learn to see it as a competitor and not as something where because I used, you know, Eric is a good friend here and that that that's a constancy with our program. But again, he's he's very conservative, and I like to beat up on my good old brother because uh, he gives us the opportunity to uh, point out what what the system has done to the minds of many, right? And what I'm saying is the calculated effort is on right now to really make AI seem like a competitor because the fo- the the best the, the 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 movers of capital need you to believe that this new technology is in fact your competitor because it's one of the options to keep your wages down, to keep you scared, to keep you enslaved. And the way to get around that is the media has started. Oh, AI is going to cost jobs and all of that. And my thing is, yeah, AI is going to cost jobs. What it really means, though, is that we'll have more time for ourselves as it costs. I, we should say cost jobs. It caused un- it caused units of labor to disappear. The necessary units of labor to disappear is a good thing. Folks, 713-526-5738. I would love to hear your input. People are scared of AI. I know many of you before this narrative are also scared. And what I want to hear from you if or, or, or if you have an alternative view, alternative view, I want to hear that as well. But what I want people to do is engage. And when I say engage, I mean elect the politicians that are going to create the laws to prevent the parasites from taking over and forcing your pay down and trying to make you compete with something you already own. 713-526-5738. Again, I want to stay on this AI subject a bit longer if possible because I really want you guys to engage. So 713-526-5738. Three eight is the number seven one three five two six five seven three. Where are the calls? Don't wait till the end, because again, we wait till the end, and I'm rushing you guys off the line, and I don't want to do that. I want to hear your full message seven one three five two six five seven three eight. Daniel, in your sphere, uh, what kind of thoughts are you uh, are you seeing that? Let's say a lot of folks in the younger generation. Or um, let's say uh, starting to think, oh, throw their hands up in the air 
buying the narratives that, well, I can't be a writer anymore because chat GPT is going to write for me. I can't do this anymore because in the studio, something else is going to be working for me. I don't see a lot of people saying that they can't do it anymore. I think Mm -hmm. that, uh, the, the impacts that I'm seeing in the short term are that uh, CEOs at companies are saying, well, what if we try this out? And so they went through the short, the immediate short term impact of, of and let's call it what it is, basically chat GPT was the right. formalization of these tools. And uh, the immediate impact was executives wondered to themselves the very things that you're asking now could i replace the person i have with this right so they went through uh this period where they tried that and i think over three quarters of 2023 they've discovered that the answer is no uh that there are certain things that they can do that that create efficiencies and things like that but that the answer by and large is no uh that they're going to have to have people around because people have cognitive power um, in real time and that they, they kind of know strategically what needs to happen for each individual situation and people have fingertip feel and AI doesn't have that. Um, but I think where the really interesting fight is the one that you're referencing, which is sort of the next wave, which is, you know, what are the demands of people as these things begin to come out? And I think it spans, uh, whether or not people fight for free time. It also spans whether or not people fight for intellectual property. You know, it's one of the three major points of contention of the WAG strike, uh, right now is whether or not people's likenesses can be used for movie studios and whether or not script writers, um, you know, the, the, whether or not Hollywood has the right to uh, take basically take the base knowledge and ideas and input of writers and leverage it toward Hollywood scripts. I am so glad um, you brought that up about the copyrights, about proper. I mean, that is the excellent thing. So uh, we, we, we have quite a few calls now. So what I want to do is go to the calls. And Johnny, you're here, but I'm, I'm going to throw Clifford ahead of you and then bring you in, Johnny. So Clifford, uh, come on in. All right. How are you doing? I am doing fine. Talk to me. Okay. You know, uh, talking about this AI, Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like you were just saying earlier about this, you know, about it being capitalistic, you know, all they looking, all they want is money, 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 right? Yes, sir. Uh, I'm talking about the corporation, you know, uh, the big business. And stuff. Okay, so here's my take. Now, if that's if that's all they this that they all they looking for is to make more money, more money, uh, and they got all these robots. Hey, I mean, you know, they say in sixty minutes. When I seen that uh, mm-hmm. on, on on AI, they say they had robots, millions and millions and millions around the country in warehouses. Yes, they do. Yeah. For AI to, to, to come on board. And some of them are already in places. Okay, so now who's going to purchase and who who you think got their orders in for those those robots already? Businesses. I'm talking about just regular businesses like warehouses, uh, mm-hmm. uh, hospitals and stuff. They, got, they, they already got orders in for this. You can believe that, right? Now, if, if 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 this was a capitalistic country, if they got those robots, they didn't 
robots. They own these robots, they companies. So they fixing to make more money if they get rid of the human employees. Right. Let me let me let me interrupt you right there, my brother. Let me interrupt you, and this is important because uh, exactly the way you are talking, right, is the way they want you to believe things have to be. Because you're right, right? You're saying if they're bringing a whole lot more robots into the system, they need less human beings, and that would mean they have less payments to pay for wages insurance and all of that, even though I don't think insurance belong in the employment domain. But for now, uh, all those expenses are gone. And the profit from uh, having all that extra money goes to buy the robots, which is a very small portion. And the rest goes into the hands of the shareholders of the companies, meaning the owners of the companies and the executives. My answer to that, brother, is this. You understand the problem. Now you have to make the solution. Notice I didn't say that somebody else did. I said, you, you, the voter, you, the person who's going to look for the candidate, who's going to say Clifford, instead of working five days a week, you will now work three days a week and that other at, at the same pay. And that employer is going to hire. If they need more, more people, they will hire more. It's the law. Everybody has to follow it because again, that AI that sounds like something nebulous, Clifford, you see this conversation we're having right now and the angst that you show and the, and, and the concern you show, all of this is also going into the interspaces, right? And guess what AI is doing? Whatever is logically analyzing the internet and so forth. They know that there's a Clifford out there that is concerned and I can build models that save a particular percentage of the citizenry like Clifford is concerned. I can I it's a knowledge base. So what I'm saying, Clifford, and I'm off to jump off of you and go to Johnny next. But what I'm saying, Clifford, is this. It's not about concern about fear or what these guys are going to do. It's about going forward. We have to elect the people who are going to create laws that Clifford is only going to work three days a week now. Give me a quick sentence, Clifford, before I go to Johnny. Okay. Uh, man, this is, this is probably about 15, 20 years ago. I was sitting at the doctor's office waiting to be seen. I mm -hmm. picked up one of those medical journals because I love mm -hmm. to read. And I read in that John Ben, and I've spoken about this years ago. It said that there are some wealthy people in this country that want to turn America into a third world country. And the way things are going now, it looks like that's what they're trying to do. Okay, stop. Clifford, stop right there. Clifford, I, 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 Clifford, I want you to stop there. I'm going to Johnny now, but here's what I'd like to tell you. They can't do what we don't allow them to do. Hear me again. Right. They can't they can't do. They is not there are more of us than there are of them. So everybody listening to Clifford right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. I want you to listen to Clifford right now and remember one thing. That they don't have more power than the all of us. Clifford, you are one of the all of us. We'll talk later. Have a great day, my brother. Johnny, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my dog. My dog's not a robot. I will never forsake my pumpkin puss for a robot from the police department. The first inclination you see when you have the emergence of new technologies is not you, me, or my neighbors. 
uh, having at it. It's always the military and the top of the of the food chain, the oligarchs. Their first inclination is to pay somebody to build a bunch of guard dogs for the police. Their first inclination when when scientists developed nuclear power was to build power plants and bombs without thought about the consequence in the long term. They always rushed in foolhardy because they don't think. They don't have to think by necessity, unlike the working class who have to be woke in order to survive every day and and make money to put a roof over our heads and feed our kids and pay taxes that provides the government salaries for these Republican Party politicians and centrist Democrats. I would say I would agree with Bernie, except the fact that we can't allow the, the, the development of more AI and robots until first we address the issue of unfettered Underregulated mercenary style capitalism because we're witnessing Let me, worldwide. Worldwide, we're witnessing the yes. attempts by unfettered capitalism to destroy democracy. And Great. Let's bring let's br- let's bring Daniel into the discussion here. I want Daniel to comment on to that very important issue that you just mentioned there. Go ahead. Well, of course, there's a movement worldwide to, you know, and it's it's oligarchs versus uh, pro-democracy forces. Um, I think I I, uh, I wanted to get a further sense maybe from Johnny on on where uh, it was maybe missing from from Senate, the senator's critique in just a moment, because uh, I think that he, he's long sort of pounded the table over that. And I think uh, democracy is at the center. The, the issue of democracy is at the center of a lot of these economic discussions. Um, but what's really interesting to me and all of this that I think maybe has been overlooked is that um, over the last two generations and particularly Gen Z at this point, um, there's there's savvy surrounding the leverage of, of technology and the use of educational tools to fight, or excuse me, of, tech, of technology to fight back um, as educational tools, but also as tools of disruption. Uh, so it's there, these are these are this technology has the potential to be revolutionary in the other direction as well. And in fact, I think that was the thing that I didn't hear the senator necessarily talk about. Now, it, that makes sense. A U.S. senator doesn't usually say, "Hey, uh, you know, the anarchists are going to leverage this technology to take down major corporations," because that tends to to uh, run counter to some of their electoral or their DC horse trading types of interests. And, you know, no Senator is going to be immune from that. Um, but if you look at, uh, the fight of Aaron Schwartz over at Reddit. If you if you Google that story, that's an interesting story of somebody who leveraged technology to take on the system. It's a very tragic outcome in his case, but uh, you know there's always tragic stories of revolutionaries, uh, even in victorious uh, fights. So I think um, there is room for organizing. There's room for leveraging these tools toward more democratic outcomes and more tor- toward more democratic ends. We'll see how history plays out, but there's certainly the seeds there for it. Now, let me tell you, uh, uh, Johnny, before you come back in, we're going to be going to Melissa, then Augie, I mean, M- Melissa, then Augie, then Gonzalo. Uh, Johnny, uh, give me a quick one so I can get to Melissa. We needed a Bernie Sanders in the White House two election cycles ago. We didn't yes. need Ronald Reagan to take over from Jimmy Carter and destroy the solar panel technology. You always see on the right side of the aisle, 
always looking for their own self-interest, and they don't care about long-term consequence. That's why we're in trouble. And if we allow this technology to continue as it is, under the control of capitalists, we're done. Thank you, Johnny. Let's go to Melissa, the mayor of – that was the mayor of Politics Done Right, Johnny. Come on in, Melissa. Good morning. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, oh, Melissa. How are you doing? I just wanted to – I'm well. I'm well. Bless and holidays. Um, so I just wanted to chime in on uh, – I think it's your um, – he was talking about the revolution. Yes. Um, that was my. Uh, that By was the way, my, that's Daniel Cohen, president of uh, Indivisible Houston. Daniel, yes. Okay, so yeah, the revolution will not be televised. It will not be televised. Therefore, it's important that people, Houston, it's important that you um, definitely take these matters in the forefront, especially with the AI and the UAW. Am I saying that right? In their yes. four days? Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So the, some people, what happens is people don't really jump on the concern until the concern hits them. And then by that time it's too late. Right. Right. So we exactly figure out what's important, what's important for our future. And if a parent and a mom or a dad is all complaining about, I don't get time with my kids. I don't get time for myself. That's a perfect, this is a perfect thing that that we all should be jumping on right now. Amen. You get it. (laughs) Melissa, like I told you yesterday, you get it. You analyze it in the human terms. You know, you know, I heard, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you just, touched me right there let me tell you i the, 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 the first thing i heard yeah <laughs> the first thing i heard when uh when when these uaw folks were talking about four day week is the crabs in the bucket started to come out we the people started to attack the uaw for saying you guys have want to work four weeks i've got to work five days a week and you want four weeks instead of saying hey i want four days too i'm gonna support you getting four days so that later on I can also get four days. You nailed it, girl. Continue. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, so basically that's it. We we have to start jumping before the ball instead of letting the ball roll over us. So uh, Houston, get it together. Okay. Thank you, sis. Thank you. Appreciate it. Morning. I appreciate your call. Before I go to Augie, Daniel, make a commentary so I can head off to Augie. I love what she said. I, I love it, too. I think it, what's interesting is there's this frame that people, they, you know, I, I almost think the word, honestly, the word work has become a misnomer to begin with because we call it a five-day work week, we call it a four-day work week, as though on your off day, you're not still working uh, to keep your life going. As if you're not working to yes. create a value and spiritual value for those around you and create, you know, better. But the thing is that they, there's only certain types of work that they want you to do, and they want you to do that work for five days a week minimum, where they want you to do that work over two jobs for 70 or 80 hours a week, making minimum wage, trying to get you know ends to meet so that you can put gas in your car, which is taking on wear and tear. Um, it's a particular type of work that people want you to do. Uh, and I think we need to eliminate dehumanizing work from as many people as possible. And we should create um, opportunities for people and people should be able to, as you said, spend more time with their families. Absolutely. So, Augie, 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 come on in, my dear brother. Yeah, uh, I just want to say what a great job Howard did yesterday. He, it was so good. Uh, somebody came in and donated to three different shows. Wow. And, uh, boy, he made a, a great team. And 
and all the other programmers that called in, like Joanna Jetton. I didn't know how she got started, but uh, <laughs> it was great to hear about how she got started. But anyway, about uh, AI, that's just another way for these uh, capitalists to divide the people, the workers. Uh, they use the immigrants uh, to divide the, the people. And uh, when I talk to these right-wingers, they talk about immigrants. Oh, you mean the workers that are coming into the United States? Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. You know, you know what, Augie, Augie, when you talk about they always trying to do that, that is that is the reason I wanted to jump on on this issue real fast. Right before the uh, before somebody else changes the narrative that just like they change the immigrant narrative, right? The immigrant, the immigrant is somehow a detriment to society when the truth of the matter is I don't want to get into all the social issues that that occurs overseas that really bring a lot of immigrants here. But just looking at what we need for from a society standpoint, we we have to stop letting them define things because when they define things, right, they define it to keep us in fear and a people in fear are a people in bondage. Right. Slavery no longer just looks like me. Or uh, slavery now is every well. It has always been this way, but like the reason I called it antiseptic slavery now is because it is the the sting of the whip is no longer there, right? Because I just have it in your mind. Anyway, continue, Augie. You know, I just have to get that off. Go ahead. And and uh, so you know, they throw in the immigrants, and now they throw in AI. When I think about AI and you started talking about it, I thought about I Love Lucy show where Lucy Dental or a chocolate factory. Oh, uh, yeah. You remember and, that? <laughs> yeah. And I think I'm a machine doing that. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And, and they talk about, and I just like 70, the last 70 years, these capitalists have been uh, trying to put the, the workers mm-hmm. against each other slowly but surely. They take over the media. And, but- and, and it's so slow that people don't realize what's happening. In the world, uh, they complain about how come the media isn't like it used to be with Walter Cronkite. Well, it's because the, uh, these capitalists kept changing the laws where the FCC no longer cares about facts or truth like they used to. In fact, they, they allow opinions, misinformation, disinformation to be equal to truth. Imagine and, that. And- they use our airwaves, Augie. We allow our airwaves to be used to lie to us. But, Aki, I want to kind of move on. So give me a quick closer so I can go to Gonzalo. Yeah. If anybody knows what the business, how to do it, it's the workers. It's not the capitalists. Uh, We had a a crew one time where a third line decided, what would happen if we didn't have any supervisors? And this crew, the employees. It worked. Yes. It's amazing. Morale went up, but uh, the old-timer capitalist, uh, when he left, they took over and went, went back to what it was before. Let me tell you, I got to go to Gonzalo, but before that, I, I, want you, I want to thank you for that point because I'm going to tell you something here, right? When I thought I was all that, right, I have never been more productive, more uh, being able to engage more than when I use the minds of everybody. I mean, it's so much better when you realize you're not an insular figure, when you realize that there's so much more to bring in everybody in. And when everybody is in, it's amazing how things work. And you nailed it with that, that when you just said, oh, when the supervisor disappeared, you guys worked as a collective. And the collective mind was so much better than that 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 autocrat just telling you what to do, right? 
I mean, come on, Augie. That's the name of the game, brother. Hey, Augie, I got to go to Gonzalo. Gonzalo's going to knock my head off for keeping him on hold that long. All right. Thank you, brother. Have a good one. Gonzalo, mi hermano favorito, el cubano. ¿Cómo está, mi hermano? Bien, bien. Buenos días. Buenos días, hermano. Good morning, sir. I love, I love that uh, woman that came up uh, recently. I think uh, Karina or something. Malisa, like Malisa, Malisa nailed it. Malisa. You know, okay. right? We need more women in uh, on air. So, uh, short and sweet. So, I think we need to go to the. I mean, uh, uh, Mr. Sanders. It's a clever person. As usual, he makes uh, food for thought. Uh, our hope as progressive is that we need more people like him, younger people, to occupy those seats. Those seats that are not empty, but uh, full of people that you know uh, who they are. And uh, in my humble opinion, uh, AI will take uh, one more generation, maybe two more. So maybe my grandchildren will be fully aware and fully invested of what artificial intelligence is. And we don't. Uh, uh, of course, we see the benefits. Uh, we uh, take advantage of those benefits. Mm -hmm. And I'm not afraid that uh, we humans are going to lose jobs because there will be uh, room for everybody. Uh, if we go back in history uh, of capitalism, mm -hmm. Industrial Revolution Phase One and Phase Two, it took time before the uh, noble people and the rich people and the kings and queens noticed that that was the way. At first, they were reluctant because that was against the natural way. But gradually, they realized that that was the way. And I think we are... If we put that in perspective, we are probably in a uh, artificial intelligence phase one, or maybe phase one and a half. I don't know. Maybe you can just put it more in perspective as an engineer. But I think it will come. It will come sooner than later. And not everybody in the world will be on board at the same time due to the inequalities. That's a reality that we need to take into consideration and face. But uh, that's the way it is. So Muchas gracias, Profesor. Profesor Gonzalo. You know, again, you know, I, you all, I always play up my teachers, my professors. So that's who you are. Thank you, Gonzalo. Anyway, folks, uh, and when you talk about the younger generation, that's why I try to keep rubbing shoulders with the younger generation. Henceforth, guys like Daniel Cohen here, these are the leaders of to I shouldn't say the leaders of tomorrow. We old now. These are the leaders of today, you know, that that's going to get things on your thoughts. Daniel, your thoughts, Daniel, your thoughts, Daniel. I think uh, the professor has a point. Uh, we're going to see how things develop, but you know, we're we're looking at uh, one generation of AI now. It's going to have another generation later, and we've seen this with other technology and tools. So we'll see. What, what you know, I, I uh, try to remain open and uh, prepare for the floods instead of predicting when the when it's going to rain. But uh, we're going to see what's going to happen in the next generation. I, I, I like that one. I like that one. Don't predict when it's going to rain. Prepare for the flood. Did you make that There's one? There's 
I think that's I think it's a paraphrase as I'm talking. I think Nassim Taleb says something about uh, building an ark as opposed to you know uh, predicting the the rain. So uh, yeah, I, you know, I can't I, take credit for, but I, I you can't take credit for that. But I love that because you know as soon as you said that, prefer it's like oh yeah. Uh, it's just being worried about when the rain's going to come doesn't make sense. However, if you're prepared for whenever the rain decides to come, that's what life should be all about. Hey, folks, the lines are wide open, 713-526-5738. And we don't have a lot more time for me to play my other videos, etc. So it's all on you and Daniel right now, 713-526-5738. You'll get on the air right Away seven one three five two six five seven three eight siete uno tres cinco dos seis cinco siete tres ocho. Hey guys, let me tell you. Um, I I really wanted to touch on this subject for all the other subjects from the GOP unveiling un, un, unveiling a budget that's really a inhumane budget. That's all as on the the uh, newsletter as well. You can get to the newsletter by going to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. Politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter gets you to the newsletter view. Uh, you know, so everything that we don't cover here. Uh, again, it's in the newsletter what I intended to cover if a lot of you didn't call. I want you to not wait till the last two minutes to call me. If you have something to say, please call now, 713-526-5738, and hit the option number two to get on air right away. Una vez más, 713-526-5738. I'm going to, until you guys call in, I'm going to ask Daniel, a few things here. Daniel, yesterday, as you know, because I, I called you up before I interviewed um, Sean Tier, who's running against Kim Og, one of the reasons I called you up, I called Neil up and a couple other people is, remember what I believe in, the composite of our knowledge base. I wanted to know kinds of things, what you guys wanted to um, hear from the prospective uh, new attorney general of Houston. What, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, so, I mean, you know, let's start with this. Uh, I think I've been loud about it uh, in terms of, of what I think of the DA's, the current DA's performance. Uh, and, you know, the Chronicle released their article yesterday and the headline was, um, just for anybody who didn't see it, uh, in quotes, don't cross her, how DA Kim Ogg has repeatedly aimed her power at Harris County officials. That don't cross her quote is from a local judge, Daryl Jordan, who is a pioneer uh, and revolutionary, in fact, of uh, bail reform, um, which has been a smashing success contrary to the, the crime wave propaganda uh, that has come out right now. And, and any, any caller who wants to get into that, and we still have 10 minutes to do it, I'd be happy to, to do that because uh, it's it's very, very clear. Um, I think uh, one important thing that the people of Harris County have to do when it comes to this race and any race that's similar to it is to form their own table. Uh, it's to say that these are the policies that we want to see. This is this is what we want to see from what we're currently today calling prisons or police or, you know, the, the criminal injustice system or whatever, whatever framework uh, people are using. And these are the things that we want to see in our community. And this is where we want resources to go, which is just to say that. Um, I think we have to do that without candidates and make them answer questions, which is why I appreciate the fact that he was a member of the free and independent press made sure to ask Mr. Tier these questions to see where he weighs in on issues. And then 
to see where people want to push him in another direction and where he is correct, how to hold him accountable too. Because if he is the next district attorney, then that's the next step is to make sure that he follows through on those things. That's why I called um, you guys. Uh, I got a call, Daniel, but that's why I called you guys up because I want, you know, you got, I know there are questions that you all, that, that needed to be asked. And I definitely didn't know all the questions to ask. So let's go to Ali real quick and Ali, come on in. How's it going? Good morning. I'm I'm doing fine. Talk to me, my brother. Yeah, I just wanted to touch on the uh, copyright issue. I thought it was interesting because I've I'm not an artist, but I've been dabbling a little bit with AI. Mm-hmm. And it's been able to uh, manifest some of the weird things in my mind. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, I, I saw some uh, headlines about courts striking down you know attempts to copyright some pieces, and I thought that was fascinating because ultimately a writer can copyright his or her piece of writing an artist photographer can copyright you know the photograph but ultimately their ai is just another manifestation of you know writing or um any other mm-hmm. type of art yet it was struck down uh by the court so i don't know if it links back to what you were talking about earlier because I, I didn't think about you know the monopoly corporate monopoly of these mm-hmm. tools. So I don't know if that's, you know, ultimately a support of uh, the ju- judiciary uh, mindset. But uh, let, let, let me let me let me say something about copyright, right? Yeah. You know, let me let me just say where my thoughts are, because I write a lot. I wrote a lot of software in the past. There's a lot of my software that I threw up into the public domain that people use and, and reuse, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where I'm at, right? And let me tell you where I come down on it. I disagree with Bill Gates when Bill Gates came out and he wanted to own everything he wrote and all that kind of stuff as if it was the all omnipotent. Look, I love the guy, all right? But here's the deal. Everything that I've done when I came to the United States of America, uh, I have to say, hey, taxpayer, thank you so kindly. And why? And, and I had to learn to think this way, right, uh, Ali? Because I would like to think that I am so smart that I could have created all these great lines of codes that do all this great magic. Yes, I had part of that, part of the work that I put in, that's true to that. But also a lot of that would not have had a genesis had it not been for the University of Texas or whatever. So my thing is that we don't need to get too tight on copyrights, right? Uh, we need to get tight on 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 how people can monopolize on them to get superior to others in a capital sense. So I understand where the writers are coming from and the likeness. And that's where I don't have the answers. I'm sure Daniel doesn't have all the answers either, but we have to sit down and figure out what is equitable for us all that also include that you, Ali, the fact that you paid taxes, the fact that you participated in society gave me the opportunity to do a lot of what I was able to do as well. So I'm not fearful of the copyright I've done right. I want uh, Daniel to chime in before we run out of time. Just very briefly, I'm going to reference a story that I think folks out there can read because sometimes art does better than uh, reality in terms of describing the situation. It's a Roald Dahl short story, author of, uh, you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, in spite of his many problems uh, in his personal life, his many prejudices, I think that um, he was way ahead of the curve in writing a book called The Great Automatic Grammatizator, which was about a machine that could very quickly mass produce stories. And I think that shows one 
extreme of the spectrum. And then there's the other extreme of the spectrum all the way on the other side. And I, I think that uh, if you want some art that comments on that way before any of this conversation uh, was anywhere near the level that it's at right now, just thought I'd make that as a recommendation. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Ali, talk to me. That's it, man. I'm going into words, but I appreciate it. I just started listening to your uh, show. So, uh, I, appreciate, I appreciate you listening, my brother. Keep on listening. Tell folks about our existence. I know it's early in the morning, but at least I can catch you in the car. You have a wonderful day, my brother. Yeah, all right. <laughs> thank you, sir. <laughs> you know, and Daniel said it's too damn early. Daniel, I, I have to thank Daniel for waking up in the morning. You know, getting these damn millennials and Gen Zs up at 545 is not the easiest thing to do. How, how is it? Was it all that bad, Daniel? Yeah, I'm going to ask you to Venmo me a cup of coffee, my dude. I mean, it's, I'm uh, going to I'm have to Venmo, Venmo you some coffee, and you know I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been it's a pleasure, man. It's invigorating for us to uh, to touch base on some of this stuff. And uh, you, you got this shout out to the callers today because I think you had a great run of folks. Uh, we, you know, that, that called in. If I must say it myself, we have the best, but I need to throw it to the studio now to those two geniuses, Howard, Howard Reynolds and Jack Van Bever. Give us a closer, guys. Well, we are still looking for those geniuses. I'll tell you, there's just a couple of schlubs down here. Uh, hey, you know, before we go, I'd like to add on to something that Augie said about yes. the absence of supervisors. Uh -huh. I worked for a micromanager one time. And it, it was unbelievably difficult. But what that does to you is it makes your mind go to sleep. Mm, you just amen. You. Yes. You're just like a mechanical piece. You have no imagination. None of your input is listened to. It's like, okay, well, fine. I'll just do, do the job. And you just go through the motions. You don't really get invested in the job because, well, you know, your input is not valued. So with no supervisors and your input is valued by your team workers, you do a much better job. I'll guarantee you that. So that's Amen. my wisdom for the day. And Jack has some wisdom too. Uh, yeah. Um, AI, you know, the oligarchs are going to use AI to uh, benefit their needs. And yes, we need laws to protect the people, but we have an unbalanced court. That's the problem. Thank you, my brother. And let me give uh, 10 seconds for my brother here who woke up early in the morning to spend some time with us. Yeah, thanks for being a member of the Free and Independent Press. It was a real pleasure. If you all uh, have any, want to connect, if anybody out there wants to talk a little bit more about this, you can find me at IndivisibleHouston.com. That's Indivisible, like One Nation, Indivisible Houston, like this wonderful city that we live in. Dot com and uh egberto thanks for having me on the show man it's good to man, talk to you today. it's always great having talking to you guys so i want to thank howard reynolds and jack van beber in the control room i want to thank the one and only president of indivisible houston el senor el senor daniel j cohen and folks thank you all for your ears my name is egberto willis this is politics and right and you guys know i hand this baby i am what out we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know.
is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.